0: Welcome, everybody. We are in uh, Romans chapter 7. And uh, we're continuing this uh, journey through the New Testament. And we're in the book of Romans. And we're in Romans chapter 7. And uh, it's it's good, man. It's good. Thank you guys for being part of this. You know what we do, right? We read, we pray. We change the world. Why? Because when we read the Word of God, it changes us. And when we're changed... We changed the world. So it's not actually an overstatement. It actually is a reality. So we read, we pray, we change the world. And prayer changes the world. It does. Yes, indeed. I'm sorry, I got my jam on a little loud this morning. I turned down. Listen to gyro. I was feeling it. But uh Romans chapter seven is, uh, is this, um, famous chapter and off debated chapter of Paul, not so much the content, but debated about what Paul is describing. Is Paul describing particularly the latter part of chapter seven is Paul describing his life before being a Christian or his life as a Christian. Um, and when he talks about this struggle with sin and, um, I think my opinion is he's primarily describing a uh, experience before he met Jesus. Uh, Doesn't mean that that battle does not continue. It certainly does as a Christian. The battle between the flesh and the spirit is a continuing battle. It never, the battle never goes away, but the victory is won through Christ. So, um, but some people think that this is a, he's describing his life as a Christian, that he still has this constant battle. Um, there's some textual evidence, in my opinion, that suggests that is not what he's saying. Uh, since right before chapter 7, in chapter 6, he says very clearly, we are no longer slaves to sin. And then in chapter 7, he's describing this experience of being a slave to sin. So to me, he's clearly described, to me, he's clearly describing the uh, the intensity of an experience before he met the uh, the victorious power of Jesus, but you be you decide for you, you decide for you. That's why we read it, right? That's my opinion. That's uh, that's what that's where I where I come down on this. But um, so Romans chapter seven. Let's just kind of real quick summary so far chapters one through three, verse twenty. Paul basically tells us that we're all dead. The Bible tells us in Romans those chapters that we are spiritually dead. There's not one righteous, no, not one. Not Jew, not Gentile, not your grandma, not your papa, not your 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 beloved child. None, there's none righteous. No, not one. Welcome everybody. Welcome. If you just jumped on, you ain't righteous. <laughs> some uh, somebody some was just, just logged on. The first thing they heard was, You ain't righteous. Well, you need to know that. You might as well know that from the jump. You know, no, 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 no use, you know. Uh, you know just pandering to you here you might as well just know you know you're not <laughs> so uh, so welcome 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 to the daily podcast. <laughs> welcome to morning prayer So that's one uh, three, three, 20. and then in chapter three uh, start, starting at the latter part of chapter three chapter 3 verse 21 through verse chapter 5 so chapter 3 21 through chapter 5 is about the the awesomeness of being raised with Christ. we're raised. So we were dead, but we've been resurrected through Jesus, chapters 3, 21 through 5. And then in beginning at chapter 6, which we read yesterday, until chapter 8, which we'll read tomorrow, including chapter 7, uh, is about um, we're walking in new life. What does that mean, to walk in new life? So that's what we're doing. Let's do it, man. Let's read it. Welcome. So glad you guys are on, ready to dive into the Word. Chapter seven, verse one, do, do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law ha- has authority over some only as long as that person lives. So he's drawing an analogy, right? He just told us in chapter six that we we have died with Christ. So he's using that analogy. We were dead with Christ. So the law, uh, there's a whole, new, a whole new reality now because the old law has lost its hold on us. Um, It's, it's, it applies to the old man, but that old man is dead. There's a new man, new man or woman alive. Verse two, for example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. She's she's using here marriage as an example of the, uh, that relationship that we had with the law. We were bound to the law as long, as long as we were living uh, when we were that when we were that old person but once we died with christ we were free from the law just like a woman is free from the to from the uh, obligations to her husband once he passes on verse three so then if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive he gonna kill her no i'm just kidding i just ain't what it says anyway it says <laughs> i just seen if y'all wait just seeing if y'all wait guys just just waking you up here. Now let me let me read that again. <laughs> oh my goodness. So then if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called a lot of an adulteress. That's what she's called. <laughs> but if her husband dies, she's released from the law and is not an, an adulteress if she marries another man. Died, so she's free. Verse four. Some of you got that joke. Some of you were listening. <laughs> welcome, Christine. Welcome, Trish. Bob and Linda. Robin, Joseph. Welcome. Dina. Welcome. Um. Verse four. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ. That you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. He's using this this marriage analogy, right? You've you've died to the old man. You've been reunited with Christ. You've been united to, to Christ, the resurrected Christ, the body of Christ. And so now you're able to reproduce the fruit of God. About that. Spiritual fruit. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore the fruit of death. So, before living in the flesh, the sinful desires of the flesh were aroused by the law. He's going to talk more about that in a moment. And what happened? It led to death, led to destruction, led to less of God, more of us, more sin, less grace, less resurrection and more death. Verse 6, but now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way. Way of the written code. We don't live by the law. We live by grace. We've been set free. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Sandy. Verse seven. Here's the here's the part. Here's the y'all ready? This is it, man. This is the big. This is the the crux of it. The tug of war, the um, the ancient tug of war of the sin in the flesh, right here. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. It ain't the law causing you to sin. It's not the speed limit causing you to speed. It's not the rules that cause you to break them. (laughs) Right? When it says, do not touch, the stove is hot. It wasn't that sign that made you touch the hot stove. The Ten Commandments... Or the Ten Commandments. They're telling us these are the parameters. Don't do this. Bad things will happen when you do these things. Do not kill. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not covet. Do not take the Lord's name in vain, etc., etc. Honor your mom and daddy. Um, honor your mom and daddy. Take a Sabbath. You need it. Keep it holy. All those things. those things. Those things... Don't make you break them. Yeah, they're guardrails. They're parameters. So is the law sinful? No. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. So the law let me know. That's wrong. Don't do that. That's bad. I See, before the law, you just did dumb things and you're like, I didn't know why everything was working bad. And, I, and they say, well, now you see the law, and the law says, this is why it's bad, because this is not a good thing to do. This is against God's will. And if you do things that are against, contrary to God's will, and the reason they're contrary to God's will is because that's, that's, that's not what you've been designed to do. And so if you do things that are contrary to God's will, bad things are going to happen. It may not happen today, but they will happen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Nana. Welcome, Angie. Uh, Verse, where are we? Verse 7. Yeah, Yeah, verse 7. Latter part of verse 7. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. You know how it is, man? You go into one of them stores, one of them fancy stores. You know, like 7-Eleven. <laughs> no, you go, you go, you go. Okay. You go into one of them fancy stores and it says, Don't touch. You touch it, you buy it. How many of y'all? How many of y'all? You know you want it, you touch it, you touch it, you buy it. What do you want to do? What do you want to do so bad? Mm, I'm gonna touch everything in the store. I'm gonna touch everything. Touch, 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 touch. Right. You know, (laughs) I touched it. I didn't buy it. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Right. So he says what he's saying. He's saying when the law says do not covet, it arouses in me this. ooh. mm, what do I want? (laughs) What do I want that someone else has? For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive, apart from the law. He's talking about when he was a child, before he was uh, aware of the law as a child. So once he was alive, right? Because as a child, you're not aware of the law. You're not necessarily aware of the laws of God. So he says, once I I was alive, apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life, and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death, for sin... Seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. They're not bad. They're just showing me the sin that's in me. It's like an X-ray. The um, the law um, the law is like an X-ray, right? Um, the law is like an x-ray that shows what's really there. I said, That's all. Verse 13. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Did the law become bad? No. The law is not pro- the problem. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, how did I recognize sin as sin? Because there's a law that tells me. That's how I know, I know it is used. It used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. I might become utterly aware of it without excuse. And you think, well, man, well, how's that helpful? Because that's how you find life. You got to find the problem before you can find the solution. Right? Right? i mean people people run around life for so long like just trying this trying that wouldn't it help first to identify what the problem is right let's take this let's do that let's add this little thing let's go to this class let's take that oh slow down slow down what's the problem and what paul is saying is this the law clarified like an x-ray clarified it's clarifies a broken bone the law clarified what the problem is. And the problem is that human beings have a sin nature. Err one of us. The law is not bad. Thanks be to God for the law because it exposes the problem. It's like going to the doctor and say, hey, guy, hey doc, I want you to tell me uh, what's wrong with me. But don't tell me any bad news. Just tell me everything that's good. Pay good money to go to the doctor tell you you're fine. No, I need you to tell me what's what, tell me what's, what's the real, man. Tell me what's up. I may mean, not want to hear it. He gonna tell me. He Terry, you f- do too fat. That's your problem. My my doctor's Brazilian, and she's like, mm, you you you, you gain some weight, huh, Terry? You gain you gain a little weight. You a little chubby. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yes, I am a little chubby. Yes, I am. I am. I've yeah, I've got the COVID nineteen. Yes, I picked up the COVID nineteen, but um, you know, I'm working on it. Walking, eating less. Anyway, but she tells me like it is. She's not going to tell me you're fine, man. Don't worry about you. But anyway. All right, where are we? We're on verse 14. That's where we are. Good morning, everybody. We know that the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Now, this is what we're talking about. Is he talking about right now as a Christian? I was just talking about before he was a Christian I do not understand what I do I do I do not want to do wait wait sorry I missed I missed it there's so many do's i, I skipped a, a bunch of them uh i do not understand what i do for what i want to do i do not do but what i hate to do what i want to do i don't do and but i find myself doing what i hate and if i do what i do not want to do i agree that the law is good as it is it is no longer i myself who do it but it is sin living in me now stop paul already told us as a believer sin is not alive in us we have crucified sin he says that in chapter six so he's obviously going back and talking about the human natural struggle before christ the the hopeless struggle with sin That's my opinion, people. That's my opinion. Verse 17. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know the good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. I don't have the power to do it. I I know what I ought to do, but I can't do it. The law tells me what I should and shouldn't do, but I can't keep from doing what I shouldn't do. Verse 19. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. I can't do good. I do evil. Instead, this I keep on doing. Verse 20. Sounds like some toddlers, right? (laughs) Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Now stop. You guys, this is a real deal, right? We've all faced moments of temptation like this, right? Even as a believer, you will face moments of temptation like this. What I, what I think Paul is drawing out, though, is the desperation that there's no help, right? And I think that Paul is painting the desperate situation of the human being that does not have the help of the Holy Spirit. That, that desperate, I, I have no help. There's nothing I can do. Um, and so that's what, he's, that's what he's talking about. And it's a real struggle. It's a real struggle. So I find this law at work in me. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. Like I really want to, I think, I, it seems like I want to do what God wants me to do. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. What a wretched man i am hmm right uh but, but where am i who now watch this is important who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death right so he's saying who will rescue me from this trial and he doesn't say, just wait till you die and you and you experience glorification. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, you know what, well, you're always going to, you're never going to have victory over sin here. And you're just, you know, you're just, sin's always going to win. And, you know, you're just going to get beat up for your whole life. And, but you know what, you die one day and you go to heaven and you get glorified. And then you don't have to worry about it no more. He doesn't say that. Watch what he says. Who who will save me from this? Who, who will rescue me, rescue this body that is subject to death? Verse 25, highlight it, underline it. This is what this whole movement in in the sermon is going to in chapter seven. Verse 25, thanks be to God. There's a solution. Who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why, among other reasons, I believe he's talking about his life before Jesus. He discovered Jesus. Verse chapter three, verse 21. But now, a righteousness from God has been revealed that is apart from the law, that is by faith in Jesus. <laughs> I can have victory. I can actually have victory in this life. I don't have to continually be defeated. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of the sin. That's what he's saying. Thanks be to God who delivers me. Well, tomorrow, in chapter 8, we're going to read even more about that life in the Spirit. And I want you to know, yeah, does does the battle rage on? Of course, the battle will rage on until you die. But the truth is, you can have victory through the Holy Spirit. Do you have to sin? No. No. That's the good news of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, is that you do not have to sin. You are not a slave to sin. Somebody says, I'm going to sin every day. You don't have to. You you may have sins of of omission or sins that you're not aware of. Involuntary sins. Yeah, you may have something like that. But willful transgressions against the known law of God. No, you do not have to do that. You have the power through the Holy Spirit to resist temptation and to follow and please the Lord. You do. All right. Well, we read. Now we pray. Thank you guys for being here. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the victory that comes to us through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that came to the church on the day of Pentecost step and fills us and enlivens us and purifies us and gives us victory. Lord, I pray that we would live in that victory, Lord, that we would not see ourselves as victims, but we would see ourselves as conquerors, that we would not see ourselves as slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. God, we recognize that we are frail in so many ways, that we we need you daily, moment by moment, we need you. Lord, we recognize that we all fall short of the glory of God, that we all sin. There's none of us that are righteous but we also equally recognize that you've given us what we need to live a life of victory and joy that is good for us and glorifies you and is good for our communities. So Lord, help us to walk in step with that. Lord, I pray for my friends today. Lord, may you be with them in a special way, no matter what they're facing today, whether they're at home or at work or at school or with the kids at a year in school, year-end program whatever it is lord may your grace and peace be with them lord help us to be witnesses of this good news to people who you know maybe feel defeated and beat up by life help us to offer them this glorious news this glorious news that says thanks be to god who delivers us through jesus christ our lord Lord, thank you for my friends. May you bless each and every one of them for friends and family members who are struggling, for those who are sick, for those who need a special touch of grace and healing. Lord, we pray that on their behalf, Lord, that you would move and intervene in great and mighty ways that your name might receive glory and honor. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for being here today. Thank you for being on this uh, podcast. Thank you for being Daily Prayer. Thank you for sharing it, subscribing to it, rating it, Really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends.